Welcome to the B20 Podcast, Road to G20 and B20 Summit. This podcast is brought to you by B20 Indonesia 2022 Organizing Committee, supported by main partners, Astra International, Bayan Resources, Indica Energy, Sinar Moss, also Bronze Partners, Bakri, Bank Central Asia, MTech, Lippo Group, Ha M Samporna. Good day everyone, welcome back to the B20 podcast, Road to B20 and G20 Summit. It is my pleasure to be your host today. My name is Randy Teguh from Kadin Indonesia. In today's episode, we will discuss more in-depth about one of the important agenda in G20 presidency, as well as the B20 prioritized agenda, which is healthcare. Over the last two years, the healthcare sector has been at the forefront of the pandemic response, recovering lives and livelihoods. The global healthcare sector continues to rise to the new challenges posed by the ongoing epidemic, which is continues to monopolize the attention and resources of healthcare system. To discuss more in depth about this, along with me here, we have Mr. Leon Wang, Executive Vice President, International and President China of AstraZeneca, as well as the co-chair of the B20 Task Force for Trade and Investment. How are you today? I heard China, especially in Shanghai, is locked down. I think uh, uh, not, not locked down for now, but uh, the weather is extremely hot. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> now different story. The weather is hot, yeah? It's really challenging. Okay, yeah. Mr. Wang, uh, can I start the session? Sure. Mr. Wang, your company has contributed significantly to ongoing effort to combat the spread of the COVID virus as well to the worldwide economic recovery. So we would like to hear directly from you about your perspective on the COVID-19 experience over the last few years, particularly in relation to your involvement in healthcare system. What are the challenges? What are the difficulties? And most important, certainly the lesson learned what we have, what you have uh, during this year. Yeah, I think nobody actually expected uh, the COVID-19 pandemic uh, lasted uh, for such a long time. And we are still in the, hopefully at the end, but now still seems to be in the middle of the pandemic. So I think uh, every country and the private and the public uh, sector are teaming up together uh, to really uh, fight this uh, pandemic. So AstraZeneca has been uh, working closely with the uh, government, including uh, Indonesia, government and many emerging market governments and able to uh, provide uh, more than 3 billion uh, doses uh, of uh, AstraZeneca Oxford vaccine uh, to help the government uh, to fight pandemic. I think uh, Indonesian government has been doing very well in helping uh, the, the, uh, the general population to get ready uh, with, uh, with the vaccine uh, 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 strategy. But I think uh, AstraZeneca has been uh, also uh, 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 making a vaccine uh, no profit, uh, especially during the pandemic, and uh, also uh, uh, trying best to uh, produce vaccine wherever possible to team up with all the manufacturing facility, including uh, Thailand, uh, Brazil, 
and the China and the and the and the Korea, Japan, so Australia, so everywhere. So we're producing a vaccine uh, with uh, using the CMO, leveraging the uh, local manufacturing capability. So working closely with uh, all the public and the private uh, sector of every each every country in order to make sure. Uh, uh, equal access uh, of our vaccine uh, to as many emerging market as possible. So, so I think uh, uh, nobody expected the pandemic to last uh, so long, and the virus has been mutating all the time. All right. And uh, and uh, nobody know whether it's going to be more infectious or whether it's going to be more deadly. Uh, sometimes it can be more deadly <laughs> a version, and uh, sometimes it can be more infectious. The speed of uh, spreading. So I think we're still in the middle of uh, fighting this uh, virus, unfortunately. And also we are working on the uh, uh, antibody, the, uh, the, the COVID-19 antibody for prevention and also for treatment. So uh, uh, right now we are trying best because uh, sometimes if when the virus is more infectious, so we need to make sure the vulnerable population, uh, the, around the 2% of the total population who are with uh, uh, underlying disease, uh, usually uh, hematology disease, transplantation, or uh, or, or, or or cancer, uh, or, or, or other disease that uh, cannot be using vaccine. So we need to make sure these patients can be protected, especially when uh, the virus becomes more infectious and less deadly. But when the virus is more deadly, then we need to make sure that we can prevent uh, uh, most of the people from this virus and uh, making sure that uh, less casualty, uh, uh, avoid the avoid casualty because we treat, uh, I think most country and government treat life uh, as the most precious uh, uh, thing uh, above everything, right? So I think that's important. And also uh, we realize that not, not, uh, not uh, uh, the virus not just kill people directly, but also indirectly. So we got lots of uh, patients in the emerging market, especially, they are not able to go to the clinic. Uh, the clinic is overly crowded and also the inpatient ward uh, are not able to accommodate uh, patients at the same time avoid uh, uh, being infected. So uh, more people actually could die from other diseases rather than the virus directly. So the virus also kill people indirectly with other underlying uh, disease that cannot be timely treated. So I think it's a huge challenge to the healthcare system, especially in the emerging market where the clinic and the hospital in water is more crowded and doctor has less time for patients. And the primary care system is not in place and the big hospital is like a war state. So, so I think all these things is a create a huge challenge I think we needed to face in the future. Okay, uh, Mr. Wang. Uh, I hear you clearly that it's really challenging, especially the mutation of the virus and then the last uh, statement you mentioned about the, the a lot of people is killed indirectly, uh, not because of the virus. So, uh, we know that it takes almost three years along globally and collectively to start being able to recover from the COVID-19 pandemic. So what does it mean for our global healthcare? I believe it can be probably uh, your benefit because you are in China as a ground zero for the COVID uh, spreading. And then you have a position also in multinational, international company. And then uh, what do you think and what do you think that what we have done enough to accelerate both technology 
and adoption and reform in the healthcare system to overcome all of the challenges you mentioned earlier? I think it's the first time uh, that uh, a disease, a pandemic, has uh, such an impact on the whole economy and the disruption to the supply chain and also slowing down of the of the, uh, the manufacturing uh, uh, output and also uh, has such an impact on the import and export and has that has such an impact on service industry tourism and uh, and the flights and the airlines so so i think it has a impact i, I never imagined a disease can create such an impact almost in every aspect of our life so so then uh, uh, to rethink in the past uh, for every government investment in healthcare is always a cost so it's a budget issue right but uh, right now we see uh, investment in healthcare in prevention of uh, disease and uh, in treating disease is almost a, 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 a good investment because if you can control pandemic well, if you can uh, invest more money in digital healthcare, and uh, if you can really uh, preventing the disease the spread and protecting the vulnerable population and making the life normal as soon as possible rather than uh, lockdown for relatively too long, so uh, creating disruption to manufacturing, to supply chain, to transportation, so everything. So stopping people movements. So I think all these uh, things has such a big impact. So now I think uh, re investing in healthcare has a good return investment, actually <laughs> much better uh, uh, return investment than what people ever uh, thought about. So, so I think uh, uh, this uh, pandemic really bring such a uh, alert and also uh, a notice to all the governments that we need to pay attention to the healthcare infrastructure, need to pay attention to vaccination, need to pay attention to the vulnerable population of the total population uh, who really need more help and uh, needed to think more that uh, a pandemic actually can really slow down or even stop the society, stop the economic life and even bring inflation and uh, uh, increasing cost on the transportation. So all these things come together uh, right now is the making such a pain uh, to the global economy and not just to a private people's life. So sometimes we lose freedom and sometimes uh, not convenient, not union, union with your family. So that's it could create a lots of uh, tragedies uh, to, to the human life and also economy. So I think investing in healthcare will be a very important subject where to invest money and uh, and uh, and uh, how to generate return uh, for the for the economy rather than only thinking about it about healthcare as a cost yeah in that sense uh, mr wang uh, what do you think about the the needs of healthcare system reform globally or probably individually in each country i think uh, 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 first is uh, uh, the healthcare system across the border needed to really uh, make a, a prevention of pandemic as a borderless uh, thing. Uh, we need to work under WHO, uh, really uh, uh, create a framework that the country share technology, making virus uh, equal access and uh, team up uh, in supply chain and uh, manufacturing and uh, making sure technology can be shared. So I think this is the first thing. So working under the WHO. So it's the first time uh, we see a uh, uh, prevention of a disease uh, should be uh, no border, should be a WHO-led uh, kind of uh, efforts. 
And, and I think second thing is uh, uh, we we needed really to uh, uh, invest in the in the vaccination in vaccination and uh, and the digitalization. I think uh, uh, first uh, uh, lots of emerging markets actually uh, didn't uh, invest enough uh, on the vaccine vaccination technology manufacturing uh, capacity and uh, even the uh, how to inject vaccine at the end becomes such a a bigger campaign. Uh, maybe the spend on the vaccine is uh, costly, but uh, inviting people uh, to get vaccination is even more costly. <laughs> so, so this is something uh, never imagined. So I think patient education, general population education, and uh, removing misunderstanding of uh, vaccination uh, is, it, it, I think, education of the general population on how they should prevent uh, this kind of pandemic is a huge task for, for each every government. We need to invest and also uh, where we need to invest is uh, how to really uh, protect the vulnerable population. How to, how to make, uh, even, I think pandemic will be a norm in the future. It will be a part of our normal life now. So it's not just three years, could it be five, 10 years? So maybe who, who knows the next pandemic will be another kind of virus. So, so I think uh, we needed to make sure normal uh, uh, life for vulnerable population for uh, chemotherapy patients, for uh, for leukemia patients, for transplantation patients, because they, they need a, a, a sustainable access to healthcare facility okay. uh, and uh, make their life normal is very important, uh, especially those patients with underlying disease. And uh, I think investment on digitalization is uh, something, I think this is a good investment. Digitalization uh, is a national, should be a national strategy for all countries. And uh, digitalization and uh, its application to healthcare is also very, very important. How to avoid uh, frauds in the hospital, public hospital. Sometimes they just go to the hospital for a five minute consultation. So they spend uh, three hours in the line. So, so I think uh, how convenient and how sustainable it is. And especially during pandemic. So I think we should remove the pain uh, from uh, patients and uh, making sure digitalization, online consultation, and uh, disease education, uh, and uh, patient to doctor, doctor to patient disease education, chronic disease management, and um, online uh, re review of prescription drug should all be digitalized. So I think uh, all these efforts will pay off because uh, you simply make uh, life of patients much easier. Okay, very interesting, Mr. Wang. Uh, two words, I believe vaccination and digitalization is really needed, right? And now we see Globally, uh, leaders are, have agreed uh, on plan to address the COVID-19 issue and certainly prevent future pandemics. What step should global leaders take to prepare for future pandemics? What are the best efforts for future mitigation, both individually and globally? What do you think, Mr. Wang? I think uh, 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 globalization is uh, still the key word uh, for, for the next step. I think uh, this time we learned it's such a disruptive uh, pandemic, right? Making uh, a country lose contact and, uh, and uh, we cannot even visit the supermarket properly, right? So I think uh, 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 economically, every country should be really tied with each other. So my, my recommendation is uh, uh, globally, we need to unify a vaccination passport. So making sure uh, that the vaccination record can can be electronically uh, on the passport. So making sure that people, country understand each other on, on, on the vaccination record at least, right? So, 
So at least when you are traveling, you 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 are protected. So I think uh, the, the, this is the effort. And also uh, the pandemic uh, technology, we should automatically make it available to all the countries. So so uh, uh, instead of uh, lots of creating huge barrier uh, uh, because of capacity, because of patents, because of uh, uh, technology know-how. So so making sure that there's no border for this kind of uh, pandemic uh, prevention. Because if one country not able to prevent the pandemic, the pandemic will still be ongoing. So 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 I think the teaming up all the country, leaving nobody behind, is the key words. So and and I think uh, thirdly is uh, we definitely need to learn from each other. So I still believe uh, lots of experience uh, sharing among countries about the best practice. So, uh, I mean, uh, whether lockdown is necessary and whether uh, leave, it, leave the virus spread is a, is a good choice. So I don't think, uh, who, I mean, there's a good answer to, to these, right? Really largely dependent on the science and the know-how about uh, what's the virus coming to you, whether it's more deadly, whether it's more infectious. So, so we don't know. Maybe a combination of both. I hope there's no version is more infectious and more deadly. So <laughs> then, then, then it's really difficult uh, for everyone to choose. So maybe that's the, like the stop of the clock, right? So, so I think we really need to share experience, share knowledge, and making sure working under WHO, we have a really a unified strategy against uh, whatever version of the virus and have a good alert uh, to the country, making sure everyone is ready. Yeah, I think it is uh, what you have mentioned is really important aspect because as Indonesia, the presidency of G20, B20, uh, in the global response and inclusiveness in overcoming the COVID-19 pandemic, especially for access to affordable vaccine, and strengthening the global health architecture. So it's, it's really in line, I believe, what you have mentioned uh, earlier with us. So, but uh, how well is the current global um, health system uh, is for what it will encounter? And what do you think the most important investment government should do for the healthcare system? Yeah. I, I think uh, uh, this this year is uh, Indonesia is the chairman of the B20, uh, G20 and also B20. So I, I really think Indonesia government did a, such a great job. So putting uh, uh, the the COVID-19 pandemic uh, uh, strategy and prevention uh, as an important task, and also digitalization is a, is a, is another key word uh, for for this uh, uh, time, and also uh, uh, zero carbon. Uh, to protect the uh, environment uh, is also another one. So I think uh, AstraZeneca has been uh, working very closely with the Indonesia government in providing uh, access of vaccine uh, uh, to help the uh, pandemic prevention. I think Indonesia government did uh, really well. And also in our zero carbon effort, uh, 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 we are going to plant uh, 50 million trees mm. in order to reduce carbon globally. Mm. And uh, out of the 50 million trees, 20 million trees are actually in Indonesia. So oh. AstraZeneca has been uh, making donations, uh, working with NGOs uh, to really fight uh, zero carbon and try to achieve zero carbon uh, objective as early as possible. I think uh, this is also quite much in line with uh, what Indonesia as chairman of uh, G20 are proposing uh, to the other countries. So I think uh, uh, we, we really uh, needed to uh, make investment in Healthcare, you can see the lifespan uh, of uh, some country already uh, significantly decreased when the virus is spreading because uh, 
taking away uh, li uh, lives of uh, aged population and uh, 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 chronic disease population. So, so I think uh, 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 every country has its national uh, healthcare strategy to increase lifespan rather than shorten lifespan. So, so uh, we really need to make sure uh, enough uh, resource and investment are putting behind uh, fighting any pandemic to ensure that there's no decrease of lifespan and still uh, we are on the way to increase lifespan to achieve our healthcare objectives. So excellent, uh, Mr. Wang, excellent insight. Uh, so this is my, probably my last question. What are your expectations for the G20, B20 Indonesia presidency 2022? Yeah, I think, uh, uh, I hope uh, Indonesia is really setting good example uh, uh, that uh, uh, can really take lead uh, as a large emerging market representing 100 million people and uh, uh, very successfully uh, in this uh, this time in, in the fighting the pandemic. So you, you, Indonesia is a showcase. So definitely uh, Indonesia can uh, take uh, the responsibility to speak on behalf of uh, all the emerging market on how to work together under the WHO framework uh, to make a vaccine available. So this is my first expectation. And also secondly is uh, how to make sure that the world is not disrupted because of the virus. So in economically and uh, diplomatically, and also I think it's a showcase again, so leaders okay. are meeting in Indonesia. So, so it's not just a showcase, but also uh, appealing to all the countries to uh, really uh, uh, make sure that we have enough uh, scheme to ensuring that we prevent the pandemic, but at the same time, we're still talking to each other seeing each other. So I think this is another thing. So I think certainly I think the agenda on the digitalization and also on the on the zero carbon, I think I hope really Indonesia can, AstraZeneca will definitely be alongside with Indonesia government in this, in this important agenda. Okay, thank you very much. So, uh, well, Mr. Wang, it's really uh, my honor to have uh, this session uh, it's really interesting to hear your thoughts, your inspirational insight to our audience today. So it is my honor to share such good discussion with you. And of course, thank you once again and look forward to meet you in Bali. Yeah. So see you soon, Randy, okay, in Bali. You. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Wang. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, find out more about B20 Indonesia from our website at www.b20indonesia2022.org and find our other episode where we will talk in depth about Indonesia's B20 priorities with top executive from leading global companies and institutions. See you in the next episode.